I V M. Welcome to All Things Policy, a daily podcast supported by Pragati, a flagship media initiative of the Takshashila Institution. We're a bunch of policy nerds based in Bengaluru, and we like to bring a fresh perspective to Indian affairs and an Indian perspective to global affairs. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us for today's chat. Hi everyone, welcome to another podcast of us, Things Policy. I'm here with Satya Sankaran. He is the cycling mayor of Bangalore, a computer science graduate with a post graduation in public policy with 25 over 25 years of experience using technology and data to solve transportation problems. Over the last 13 years he's been an advocate for sustainable transportation and he has been a part of bringing in 34000 crores to suburban rail services to Bangalore he's the architect of altmo a gamified mobility intelligence platform for the future of climate friendly cities and the data for this platform has enabled 342% increased allocation in the comprehensive master plan for cycling and walking he founded the council for active mobility and his relief riders initiative during the covid pandemic won the 2021 un world bicycle day special award and nominated for the 2022 nobel peace prize he's also the adjunct faculty teaching urban governance for master students a director at the waste management startup bioman and the bicycle mayor of bangalore it's so nice to be speaking to you satya earlier nice to be on the show yeah We've already actually had a podcast on cycling to work with you before, but I wanted to kind of do a refresher or catch up on how things have been since then. And I just wanted to ask, as the bicycle mayor of Bangalore, what have been your observation about the trends, cycling trends in Bangalore of late? Oh, bicycling has been picking up all across the world, including in Bangalore. So it's been on the upswing since the COVID pandemic for various reasons. and broadly what we see is that there is a lot of movement towards better commuting habits among the general public and the bicycle has been on the top of the mind for a lot of people and i see a lot of interest in people coming back and saying how do i do this and how do i get to work on a bicycle in spite of all the challenges that are there in the city uh, yeah. there is a spike in interest there has been spike in sales of uh, bicycles as well during the pandemic it was up on an average it was up around 20% but some stores reported doubling and tripling for a short period of time but it, it steadied out now but there has been a spate of buying of bicycles uh, during the pandemic and of course with the traffic back there have been some challenges broadly the theme has been people are craving to get out of the traffic mess and one of the choices apart from many others that they have is the bicycle and it is being preferred more anecdotally i can tell a lot of people who hadn't even tried this are now trying it that's how i can put it yeah like i was i had mentioned to you also earlier i have also recently started cycling in bangalore to avoid the traffic and a lot of my colleagues as well were concerned about the traffic and how it is to navigate for a lot of people and i think a lot of people also hold back from cycling because of their worries about the traffic and safety in traffic has there been any progress with respect to the attitude towards adding infrastructure for cyclists given that bangalore has such a big problem with traffic nothing on the ground really a few bits and pieces have 
shown up and what we have been able to achieve is a change in the mindset among the authorities. They now know there is a sizable population of people who would like to get out on a bicycle in the city for commute. There still is a bit of denial from who have traditionally been used to the measure of what a commute really is and which is pegged to the motor vehicle. But increasingly, even within their circles, they are hearing more and more about it. But coming down to actually putting money where the mouth is and putting the infrastructure, there is still fear is that what if the numbers aren't enough? What if, you know, we make a mistake in the network? What if we don't get enough people on the road and we get, you know, bad publicity because of that? The pressure from the automobile lobby is increasing. With prosperity, there are more people buying more expensive motor vehicles, but the true cost of which is not reflecting in either the pricing or the choices that people are making or in disincentives that could be provided. And hence, it's it's still in its early stages of being able to make hard commitments on the ground. We are making progress at the framework level. The BMLTA bill was passed recently and there is now an authority which can think differently if it does in the end. And But the executing authority, which is the city corporation, still hasn't made up its mind to put multitudes of uh, bicycle tracks which are required to form complete networks. So I would say progress on the mindshare front is there. Progress on the adoption is also increasing. And it's just a matter of time before we start seeing the results on the ground and we need to continue to push for that. The safety is definitely the biggest reason and the bicycle tracks are not going to come to your doorstep. They will be on corridors which can allow for that and which require you to have a bicycle track, right? So the safety thing is actually counterintuitive if you ask me. Decongestion of traffic is not going to happen. It is only about efficient allocation of the space in a way, or equitable allocation, whichever way you call it. In a way, you can move faster and better and provide priority of the existing spaces to vehicles and modes which can move the traffic more efficiently. It's just a reorganization of the existing space that needs to be done. Traffic, when its volumes and congestion that you see on the road in front of you is actually safe. The reason is the traffic is not moving fast. Speed is the only enemy of safety when you're on a bicycle or you're a pedestrian. Fast moving traffic can hurt you more than slow moving traffic can. And this has been scientifically proven. And it is also intuitive enough for you to know that if you're hit slower, you're not going to suffer as much of damage as if you're hit faster. Yes. So cycle track infrastructure that is going to come will come on the main roads, which are quite large and the traffic is moving faster. And that's where you need protection. On the minor roads, you can slow the traffic down and still be able to commingle with it and be able to get by on a bicycle. So it can be that you feel very claustrophobic when there are too many people around you honking you and trying to move too close to you. You may not have elbow room and it can be irritating, but you're actually safer because you are moving sometimes faster than the traffic. So congestion is a natural disincentive. And if only you got a little bit more like uh, elbow room, you would move around a little more comfortably. But you're actually safer. It is when you go out in the morning on a free and empty road where you have a lot of elbow room, you think you're safer, but the, but the motor vehicles are also moving faster and a small mistake is all it takes to, you know, be unsafe and lead to fatalities. So while it is counterintuitive that there is a lot of traffic and you're feeling unsafe, it is you're actually safer in large amounts of traffic, which is moving slower than you. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, I know that there's now, there is an initiative for that the metro rail has allowed for foldable cycles. 
in metro in the trains but given that foldable cycles are not common they're quite expensive and they don't actually fit inside you know i mean they have to be a certain dimension to be able to fit into the screening the whole security screening process can you i mean how much has the thought process or the idea behind this that i mean because it seems like it's been made quite difficult to be able to bring cycles into the metro rail true i think it is this constraint has been created by the bmrcl themselves for their own constraints what the folding cycle did was it acted as a good signaling mechanism that we kind of want to have cyclists but where it stopped short was i don't want to have all cyclists only the ones that fit into my constraint of scanning the bicycle making sure it is not carrying unwanted explosives or whatever it might be that their security concerns are now between all the metros that have been built across the city only in delhi and bangalore they are hesitant about allowing bicycles into the metro many other cities have been able to allow full fledged bicycles into the metro we seeing stories every day of people and kids and families taking bicycles on the metro i think there were two constraints that the metro did face which we have to acknowledge is one is they did have a security constraint which seems to be disproportionately more for bmrcl than for the other metros who allowed there is also the question that if this metro is going to be full there's not going to be space for cycling bicycles to be coming in and i personally don't think all these metros have good enough infrastructure to carry a bicycle seamlessly you need to flit between stairs and escalators and elevators which are haphazardly available so there are going to be challenges and a folding is a good enough start for them to say i welcome that a mass solution however in any public transport is to use this as a last mile as much as possible use bicycles as shared mobility allow bicycle parking in metro stations in large numbers safe bicycle parking so you can feel free to leave your bicycle and make sure that when you come back it is still there that i think is a larger goal of creating massive amounts of parking spaces in these mass transport places and encouraging shared bicycle services as a part of this okay yeah and but given that security also of being able to park the bicycles i think that's also an issue do you think that the construction of a sort of system where through private participation a construction of these security measures or like tracks or designated areas for cycling do you think that will help in the situation you mean in the metro station and public transport spaces yes or, yes yeah yes. yeah so there are already concessionaires who are operating these bicycle parking lots and my conversation with the metro is there is no problem in allowing bicycle parking there but it's one thing to say that and it's another thing to actually create the facilities all the parking lots are already managed by concessionaires not necessarily by the metro themselves increasingly metro is also having pressures on space around the metro because it is expensive in many places the real estate is not cheap to come by and that is all the more reason that they allow more efficient modes like shared mobility and bicycles to park because they take up less amount of space the traditionally parking has always been associated with motor vehicles and cars and the thinking around that is also like that whereas the bicycle can make do with lesser amount of parking space and you can still get customers to create opportunities for solving the last mile by themselves right so i am in touch with parking operators we are in fact coming out with a compendium on bicycle parking its history and where it is going bicycle parking can be the next big thing it can be done in many different ways we are looking we have launched a campaign called bicycle friendly businesses and we want to aggregate a decentralized network of bicycle parking for example if you go to indranagar and go to tight it already has a bicycle parking 
right? So let's say there are 10 there. And around metro stations, if some businesses come up and say, hey, for green credits, I would like to offer some space for bicycle parking, five or 10 or whatever. You just keep aggregating this 10 10 among 500 and you have 5,000 parking lots across Bangalore, which can be offered. So we currently already have a sizable bunch of parking under BFB, the Bicycle Friendly Business Program, where all the bicycle dealers in stores across the town, almost 40 of them have offered around five to 10 bicycle parking free for the public. That already creates a bunch of 400 different parking lots where you can park. And these are, some of them are close to public transport spots. Some of them are close to commercial spaces. So you can always park there safely, walk around and come. So there is a there is a beautiful way of aggregating individual bicycle parking and offer them up for the public. But this requires the businesses to think beyond just my customers should be allowed to park. I would like to offer it, even if it is for a fee, as long as I can ensure their safety. So it does need some legs. We are trying to chase that. If that does happen, you can aggregate a lot of bicycle parking and create that common stock that can be usable already and then go ahead and look at public spaces and create more parking lots there. Yeah. Stay tuned to All Things Policy. We'll be right back after a short commercial break. So... In view of this, how much has the government kind of stepped in to try to incentivize maybe private participation or corporates to to have such initiatives? Let's say, you know, corporates with the possibility of like encouraging the people that they employ to cycle to work and facilities will be made available for them to, let's say, be fresh, like maybe have a shower and freshen up for work, that sort of thing. I think post the launch of Altmo about a few years ago when when I launched it, we didn't have visibility into who was doing what. Increasingly, I'm seeing that I have more than 300 companies or employees from 300 companies participating on my platform where they clock their rights to work. And they have gone in and asked for employee benefits in form of cycle parking. And a lot of the large companies have already made good enough bicycle parking, shower facilities and gym facilities where there are sizable number of people cycling to work. And some of these companies have 500, 600 people cycling into work easily. right? And those kind of large organizations already have enough facilities like uh, bicycle parking, shower facilities and things like that. Of course, it can get it can be always better. In terms of general incentive for the company themselves to do, there is now increasing compliance requirements from ESG reporting and the BRSR reporting for the listed companies, right? From this year, it is supposed to be mandatory. I've been scouring the reports and it's been all over the place. So they have to report their scope three emissions. And if they want international business in Europe or US or some other places, they their reporting on ESG becomes quite mandatory. And hence, that kind of compliance requirements is driving a bunch of reduction in emissions and cycling is one of the options in that. But I'm also seeing that financial incentives are still lagging behind. And that's something that the companies uh, can take care of. So far, the movement has been driven by the employees themselves and the companies have been reacting. Over the last year, I've seen company representatives come in and ask questions about how can I formalize this? So now we are building tools that they can use to measure and manage employee commute on a bicycle or walk or uh, EVs or anything like that and use that to encourage more commute using the bicycle. So that's where I see the trends going. There is an increasing interest. They do want to be clear about liabilities because of the way they perceive the danger on the streets. Yes. Uh, 
and i do sense what the residency would be uh, but that is true for any mode that today any employee is taking your employer doesn't tell you how to come but if you do choose to come in whatever you come they try to provide those facilities that's always been my advice to corporates you don't have to go and force anybody to do anything but if they do come in large enough numbers which is being driven through external entities like myself and many others you just need to react and provide the right set of incentives to continue right parking is an incentive yeah right you get loans for motor vehicles that is an incentive you get exemption from certain taxes and you can claim them you can offset them you can depreciate them there are a lot of those financial numbering no, financial modeling that can be done for the bicycle of course because it is low value and an inferior good you may not have that much of depreciation going into these kind of things but there are other ways to calculate the true cost and provide those as incentives right how much of emissions you have saved or offset and how much of people you have stopped killing on the roads yeah and how much of how much less of a burden you are on the fuel bill of the country you know those kind of quantification if you can do that can in turn be the subsidy that you provide back not a great favor of giving out money to cyclists but if you do provide other benefits that is generally being accrued to bicycles those can at a corporate level definitely be better and it should be done by the corporates we don't want government giving out money to anyone yeah yeah i mean also given all this data that you have also and your extensive experience in this field have you been able to put this data forth to the corporation and have discussions with them what has the the general attitude been when you've discussed it with them if you have so i have been working with the planning body for the state of karnataka which is unique in the state of karnataka the directorate of urban land transport other states do not have such planning bodies the corporation doubles up as whatever planners that they are or they rely on private consultants to plan but we do have a planning body to which the data has been given and it has been like you read out in your introduction used for planning so there were 17 kilometers of cycle tracks laid on the outer ring road the pop up bicycle lanes which was temporary intervention during the pandemic to bump up the numbers and see if people take it and those were based off of the report that we produced that out of the people who were registered here which is a sample which is a better sample than you have today 54% of those people were on the outer ring road so it was using the data so once you put a data on a file it makes a lot more sense right having access to data on a continuous basis is better than standing on the street side and counting because where you're counting is not where the cyclists are Yeah. usually you stand on the main roads and try to count cyclists and they are taking the side roads to avoid all the traffic so you will never get a true count and we've got true counts we got maps now the platform is able to track last mile rides to the public transport so even the metro stations have accrued credits carbon credits to the station each station knows how many people are coming to that station we built a probabilistic algorithm based on learning models that can help understand if they've been to a metro or not so when you track your ride you'll get a pop up saying hey we saw you were near a metro station did you actually take the metro so if you say yes to that that gets clocked right so we're doing things like this which can start stitching together trips and you can soon have end to end carbon credits not just full miles but last mile as well and the data has been used in the comprehensive mobility plan as well so if you go to the cmp of 2020 you will notice that the data from cycle to work has formed the basis of saying we need to plan for this network and a whole network has been planned like i said earlier implementation is lagging the organization which actually has to implement needs to be incentivized to implement and there needs to be political support to say look we are not going to come after you if you take away the space and that's the largest gap is 
there was an anecdotal evidence that the previous chief minister came and said what is this green thing on this place why didn't you make it into a parking lot instead of that cycle lane he didn't know it was even a cycle lane right so there is a lack of understanding of what bicycling does to the economy as a whole and how it gets people moving more efficiently you're going to have less complaints to deal with you're going to have different set of networks that you can build and the benefits that accrue out of it so the political will is the biggest challenge and that comes out of awareness of how you want the city to be how you want it to move and provide that choice to people right on that note thank you so much satya for this really enlightening talk and we hope that our listeners will have a lot to learn from this and a lot of information we hope that there's more trends towards an inclination towards cycling and cycling to work in bangalore thank you so much surely yeah thank you very much If you liked our show, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can tune into them on the IVM podcast app, ivmpodcast.com, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow IVM on social media. The handle is at IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And hey, if you'd like to dive into Takshashila's research on technology, strategy, and economic affairs, check us out at our Twitter handle. at takshashila inst or our website takshashila.org.in